Go with me, please, to 1 Samuel, the second chapter, and Hebrews, the twelfth chapter. 1 Samuel 2, and the uh, 30th verse, the last part of the verse says, For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Everybody read that out loud. Them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now, we've talked about this, if you've been with us in previous uh, sessions on this. God honoring us is a wonderful thing. One of the greatest ways he honors us is with his presence. With his presence. I mean, we say that amongst each other. A dignitary, somebody we consider important and special and whatever, they come and they introduce them. They say, so-and-so has graced us with their presence today. So-and-so has honored us with their presence. What does that mean? They showed up. They came. And we're glad. We're thankful. They have honored us by coming. By being here. Well, God is here. He's everywhere. All the time. But he is not manifested the same everywhere. There are some places you can go. And when you got off the plane, it feels like God's not there. I mean, it's spiritually, it's dark and cold. Because other spirits have the dominancy there. Other godless religions, worshiping other gods that are not gods at all and and every other kind of thing and evil things. And then there are places where you can sense the presence of God before you get in the building. How many think Faith Life Church ought to be one of such places? Well, it won't be just because we think we're special. (laughs) It won't be. How many believe the presence of God could be in greater manifestation in Faith Life Church? I mean in the parking lot. I mean up on the strip. Right? How many think somebody could be driving by just trying to have a vacation? Right? And just drive by the place and go, whoo, what is that? What is that? I don't know, but I like it. What is that? And turn in the parking lot and it gets stronger. And see one of our smiling parking lot workers and it get even stronger. And then get in the place and get even stronger. The music crank up, it gets even stronger. The word begins to come forth, it gets even stronger. How many understand, you get enough of God in your life, you don't have any more problems. His power, His goodness displaces all the junk. And there's no need in us berating people and being negative about people's problems. What they need is more of God. Right? They get full enough of God, that stuff will drop off. They'll leave it behind. They get hungry enough for Him, they'll quit chasing the other stuff. It's an absence of God, lack of God, that leaves room for all these other things. But if you're full of God, 
full of God. Another way of saying that's being filled with the Spirit. It's another way of saying the same thing. He said, them that honor me, what will happen? Well, is there a way that we can initiate a greater degree of his presence with us? Yes. By us honoring him more, he will honor us more. Should we be interested in this? Are you? Do you believe you could learn how to honor him better and greater and more? Yes, yes, and yes. The, in Hebrews, if you're holding your place there, Hebrews, the 12th chapter, 12 and 28, wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, Hebrews 12, 28, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. God is awesome. I mean, if you didn't know him and you're not right with him, you couldn't help but be terrified of him if you're standing in judgment. I don't care who you thought you were or what you thought you were. I'm a strong man. You'd be nothing. Nothing in front of him. But the good thing about it, we don't have to fear judgment. Because Jesus took it for us. Right? And we've been made right. Not by our actions and deeds, but by what Jesus has done. Our faith in what he has done has made us right. Before God. Somebody say, I'm right. In the eyes of God. You see, a lot of folks say, well, I wouldn't say that. Well, then you're lost then. You can't have it both ways. Well, I'm trying to do good. I'm going to try to do better. And maybe one of these days. No, you could never get there trying. You can't get there trying to live good and do right. You just got to humble yourself and admit that nothing you've ever done or ever could do could make you right with God. Admit it and then accept Jesus' rightness with God by faith. It's been given to us as a gift. His own right standing with the Father has been given to you and I as a free gift. Have you received it? Hmm? Do you claim it? Then say it again. I've been made right right before God God by faith faith in Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, 1 John says that we may have boldness in the day that he comes back. In the day of judgment, we can have boldness. Wow. When people are crying out for the mountains to cover them up and hide them from the face of him that sits on the throne, you and I are going to be standing right out there front and center going, Father, Father. (laughs) 
But now just because we don't have to be afraid of his judgment. And we don't have to be terrified of him and his power and him being a consuming fire. Doesn't mean we have a right to be disrespectful and indifferent and treat his things as light and trivial and no big deal and whatever. As a church, as Christian people, our casualness is costing us. How many know we live in a very casual society? Everything is no biggie, whatever. (laughs) And we're in a situation where now multiple generations have not been taught honor. The parents didn't honor their elders and people that are over them, and they didn't teach it to their children. And the children weren't taught to show respect to parents or teachers or et cetera, et cetera. And we've got generations now where this has been almost lost. Well, it should not be with us. And we're on a quest. That's what the purpose of this teaching in this series is. We're desiring this. We're pursuing this. And what is the result? The result is God honoring us with his presence. More of his presence, more of his glory, more of his blessing. Can you say amen? Amen. Go with me to Romans 13, please. Now, I am believing the Lord today. There are some things I believe we should get into that a lot of people don't understand. And if you don't hear it right, you try to make me say something I didn't say. But I'm going to believe God and get into it anyway. Are y'all with me today now? Everybody say it out loud. Pray it out loud. Father God, give me eyes to see truth. Give me ears to hear it right. And a heart to discern and humble myself before your truth. And receive you and walk in truth. Hallelujah. We must be open. I mean, I know you don't think you already know everything. Or you're right about everything. So that means there's a lot of stuff you don't know. A lot of things we hadn't seen yet. And uh, I hadn't intended to say some things just like I planned to at the moment. But the Lord's dealt with me. This is the practical where the rubber hits the road. And if you don't get this, then, you know, you're just frustrating yourself trying to go past it. Honor and respect for God is the same as love for God in that it is shown in love for people. There's no such thing as a man or woman that loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, but shows no love to people. Can't be. And there's no such thing that as a person who has all this honor and respect for God and is disrespectful of everybody around about him. Love for God is shown how? Love for people. 
That's not my idea. Study 1 John real carefully. Didn't he say if a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Liar. Not true. And the same thing is true in area after area. So respect for God, reverence for God, honoring God is shown how? Honoring people. And yet, not honoring flesh, not fawning before flesh, not crouching before humanity. Believers are not beggars. And we're not to make too much of flesh, period. But what we're talking about is honoring what God has done with people. Romans 13, are you there? Verse 1, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. That's the word for authorities. For there is no authority but of God. The authorities that be are ordained of God. Now that doesn't mean that everybody in authority, that everything they do is of God. There are some ungodly people in places of authority. But one amazing thing is that even if some, you can have an ungodly person in a place of authority and we can pray and God could use them anyhow. God could use them, they don't even know what they're doing. The Bible talks about the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand and he can turn it wherever that he wills. Why? Because it's not just them that their lives and decisions are affecting. It's affecting the churches and all of ours. And when we pray, God has a right to intervene. But that there be authorities and structure is of God. Some people have this idea of spiritual socialism. We're all equal. We're all equal before God. Yes and no. We're all equally loved. We're all equally treasured. We all have equal rights and privileges as far as being born again, being filled with the Spirit, being saved, uh, being healed, being prosperous. But we don't all have the same place. Are you with me? Now just because God takes one from among us and puts them in a place over us doesn't make them as a human being better than us. Are y'all with me now? But they do have a place over us. And if God selected them and chose them, no matter what we think about them, if he chose them, we must respect the place. And God's choice. Or elsewise we disrespect God. This has to do with civil leaders. And it particularly it has to do with elders naturally. And it has to do particularly with elders spiritually. Now. Keep reading this. Verse 2. Whoever resists the power or the authority. Resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or condemnation. Now skip down to verse uh, 7. 
Render, therefore, to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The ESV says, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. (laughs) Did the Bible tell us to pay our taxes? Sure did. How many know what Jesus said? He was uh, pressured about this, wasn't he? You remember when they came to him and they said, because particularly those people under that Roman rule, the taxation was oppressive. You think you don't like to pay taxes. Whew, you should have seen some of the taxes in some of those situations. Didn't leave the people anything. And yet, they said, should we pay taxes or not? They're trying to get him to say that it wasn't right with God. For them to pay those kind of taxes. What did he say? Bring me a coin. Boy there's wisdom of God in this. Right why? And then he said whose picture is on here? What did they say? Now let's just stop right here. What does that mean? It means if it wasn't for Caesar there wouldn't be that coin. Or that monetary system. Or that government. Governments cost money. Right? Especially when you waste a lot of it. <laughs> they cost way more money. <laughs> Committees can waste billions. <laughs> Committees. Say it out loud. Lord deliver us. From committees. <laughs> committees will break you, man. I'm telling you. For one thing, it'll all be over and done. Time they get settled on an answer. <laughs> if they ever do. And then they have to reach the lowest common denominator. Have to compromise. So that everybody can get their two cents. Well, that's another story. <laughs> That's why your home is not supposed to be run by committee. Your home, I'm talking about your home, your house, where you live, mama, daddy, kids, is not supposed to be a democracy. Oh boy, that went over like a, did you feel that like a lead balloon? Well, kids, y'all come on. Let's vote on it. What do you think? What do you think? Well, some things that don't matter, yeah, do whatever, you know, people want to do. But in the things that matter, there's supposed to be headship. There's supposed to be leadership. Right? And when the head makes a decision, everybody else is supposed to follow. Whether they think so or not. Whether they like it or not. Now, why am I talking about this? Because... This is a sore subject, it is politically incorrect, and it is the root of not honoring God 
If you don't know how to do these things with people and with each other, you also don't know how to do it with God. They go hand in hand. He said, keep reading. Well, I was reading to you, actually. I'll keep reading. (laughs) Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect pay, he said. Respect to whom respect is owed. And honor to whom honor is owed. The uh, Complete Jerusalem Bible says, pay everyone what is owed. If you owe the tax collector, pay your taxes. If you owe the revenue collector, pay revenue. If you owe someone respect, pay him respect. If you owe someone honor, pay him honor. Now, if you don't pay the IRS, they will let you know about it. They're going to come... And force you to pay them. And how many understand that having, you know, you owe people and you haven't paid your taxes and you haven't paid your bills. People understand that. But here he links it with not having paid your respect. Not having paid honor. Wonder how many people are in debt having not paid respect. Wonder how many people got piles and piles of past due respect, <laughs> past due honor that they have not paid. Well, if you owe respect, what do you do? <laughs> Are we going to be able to make it through this this morning? Huh? Am I reading the Bible? Should we practice the Bible? What did the Bible tell us to do? Whoever you owe respect to, pay that respect. Somebody say, pay your respects. respects. Now, we use that term, but what does it mean? You need to think of it like paying your bill. It's something you owe. Pay what you owe. Pay the honor. Pay the respect. Now, uh, the word honor, we've talked about it before, but we need to remind ourselves. The word honor literally means to value. To value or to prize. The word despise means to set aside, to disregard, disesteem. Nowadays, when you hear the word despise, you think of it as an intensely negative thing, almost coupled with disgust. Uh, They despised it. But in the Bible, to just simply fail to recognize something is despising. Requires some mind renewal, doesn't it? Something valuable that God has said is valuable and you don't even notice or acknowledge, well, you just despised it. You need to have that in your thinking as you read the word or else some things won't make sense to you. Go back to our text. He said, them that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me, as people say, oh, I'd never despise God. I wouldn't despise God. People are doing it every day. People are despising God every day. Some of it's obvious to us, people that make fun of the Bible and make fun of God. We can see that. But what you don't see 
It's what Christians are doing on a regular basis. And it is why so many services and so many homes and so many churches are so powerless. Because if you despise him, if you fail to show respect and honor for him, what's going to happen? Those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Then he's going to lightly esteem what we're doing. How many understand? I don't care if you got the finest facility in the land and you got tens of thousands of people coming in attendance. If you're not coming in honoring God, why should he be impressed with your service? Hmm? Why should he want to manifest himself and honor you when you're coming and honoring yourselves? See, that's what he told the people of his time. Jesus said, you seek honor from each other. I seek the glory that comes from God, the Father. There was a time when they came and wanted to make him king. And he said, basically, I'm paraphrasing. He said, I don't need your accolades. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need you to make a big deal out of me. And this was after the flesh. He said, I'm seeking the glory that comes from the Father. I want to please him. Did he honor the Father? Did the Father honor him? Oh, yes. He honored him. By the anointing in his life, by the utterance and the words that he spoke, by the signs and the miracles that followed the word, he honored his obedience. Did Jesus honor him by going to the cross, by laying down his life? Did the Father honor him by raising him from the dead and raising him above all names and sitting him at the right hand of majesty on high? Can you see the principle? Honor God, what's going to happen? He's going to honor you. Honor him a little bit. What's going to happen? He'll honor you a little bit. Honor him a lot. Honor him greatly. Have great respect. Great reverence for him. What will happen? He's going to honor you. Greatly. How do you show honor for God? In honoring people. Honoring others. Romans 2. Tell me what the definition of honor is. If you honor somebody or something, what are you doing? Valuing. One word that's used, that's translated from this word, is the word precious. Precious. Valuable. Worth. Worth. Think about what we sing. We talk about worthy. Is the Lamb worthy to receive honor and glory? What are we talking about? Give me another word for this. The Lamb is worth E. What's the Lamb worth? We've been redeemed by the precious blood. Of the Lamb. We couldn't be bought with corruptible things like silver and gold. Did you know there's not enough money on the planet to buy one soul? That's what money's worth. Money's not worth anything unless you can use it to help people. Meet needs, represent God, get the gospel out. It's just a tool. 
To worship money and idolize money is to be a fool. You don't know what's worth something, what's valuable. Do we know what's worth worthy? Jesus, the blood, the Holy Spirit, this book, the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the anointing, the church. Should we see and talk about and treat and handle these things with a sense of value? I know one time years ago the Lord was beginning to teach me about some of these things. And I've always liked watches. And uh, I got a my first nice watch. A man gave it to me. And uh, I had a, another little plastic Timex that I swam in. I'd jump in the lake with it. And uh, the Lord, I was trying to learn some things and wrap my mind around some of these wor- words and what they mean. And uh, glory and worthy and weighty and value and how to expand and exercise. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart one day because I was taking my nice uh, watch off. And I took it off and I had a little box that I put it in and I put it in there and put it in the right place and closed it. I wiped off the lens before I put it in there. And then I came in that afternoon, took that Timex off and just throwed it in the corner. It bounced off the dresser. (laughs) And the Lord said, that's it. That's it to me. What? You're showing honor to the nice watch. And you're despising the Timex. Why? One of them to me is valuable. The other one's not very valuable. The more valuable you see something, you treat it differently. You handle it differently. You approach it differently. You talk about it differently. Oh, can you see this? This is true certainly with the things of God, the Lord, our worship, our offerings, our, the Bible, etc., etc. But how do you show respect and honor for God? In showing it for people. For people. Look in Romans 2. Romans 2 verse 1. Therefore you are inexcusable, O man... Whosoever you are that judges, for wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you that judgest doest the same things. This is a principle I want us to get ingrained in us today now. This is Bible. If you're judging somebody, what is the reality? You are guilty of the same thing. Is this true or not? We read in Bible, right? Let me read some other translations to you. The NIV. The NIV says, You therefore have no excuse who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. The ESV, ESV, therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Look at the Amplified. Amplified says, you who judge are habitually 
practicing the very same things that you censure and denounce. There's something that, well, go to John. Keep that in mind and go to John, please, the 8th chapter. There's something that you hear frequently and people don't realize that they said it about Jesus. And this was it. More than once, people said to Jesus, who do you think you are? More than once. Now, it's easy to sit here, this side of the cross and resurrection, and think that's preposterous. But you've got to put yourself there. Jesus is walking as a man. Nobody sees him as God manifested in the flesh. Toward the end of his ministry, a few people begin to get revelation of it. They see him at the most as a prophet, as a man of God. And a lot of folk didn't see him as that. Because he's operating as a man. John 8, John 8, Jesus said in verse uh, 29, 28, he said, I do nothing of myself. I do always those things that please him, talking about the Father. And on down, he said in verse 38, I've speak that which I've seen with my father. You do that which you've done with your father. And that began to upset them because he's talking about them having a different father from him. And he said, verse 44, you are of your father the devil. Now that really made them mad because they have degrees in religion. They have doctorates of divinity. Well, if it's true, it's true. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? If I say the truth, why don't you believe me? And uh, verse 48, they said, didn't we say you are a Samaritan and you have a devil? Jesus said, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. Verily, verily, I say to you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews to him, now we know you have a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, if a man keep my saying, he'll never taste of death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? What are they saying to him? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? What do you think you are? Actually, NIV put it up, actually says it that way. Uh, John 8, 53. Who do you think you are? Verse 54, Jesus said, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It's my Father that honors me, of whom you say he is your God. Are we talking about honor? And in the middle of talking about honor, are they saying, who do you think you are? Let me give you some practical application of this. We've run into this 
numerous times. People do not value their own self. And because of pride then, they want to devalue everybody else around them and say, well, you're no better than I am and I ain't much. So if I ain't much, you ain't much. And if I can treat me like I ain't much, then I ought to be able to treat you like you ain't much. Are y'all listening with your spirit now? Listening with your heart? Are y'all with me? Because what are we talking about ultimately here? We're talking about honoring God. Showing Him reverence and godly fear. That's not just a religious thing that you try to do for a few minutes on Sunday morning. How would you know how to develop it and practice it with people? If you don't know how to do it with people, then nor do you know how to do it with God. Am I, as a minister... Am I to respect the call and the office of being a pastor and a minister? Is that something apart from my flesh? Yes. I didn't call myself. I didn't anoint myself. I can't take credit for it unless I'm a fool. Are you with me now? Any man, any woman that God has used in any capacity, called, anointed, they didn't do it. There is a big problem in the body of Christ of people not, ministers themselves, not respecting and honoring the offices. And because they don't, the people don't. And many people Don't expect them to and get upset if they do. If you judge somebody, tell me what the Bible says. You're guilty of the same thing. As we've endeavored to grow in this, I've made changes through the years. And they've not always been understood. But it's because of a lack of understanding. When I first got into the ministry, my concept was that a minister, a preacher is a servant of the people. There is a truth to that. And so I thought if anybody called me to pray, I should pray. If anybody called me to visit, I should visit. If anybody wanted to sit down and talk to me, I should make time and do it. And so I tried to do that. For a couple of years. And about killed myself. I was also trying to preach and teach. 20 plus times a week. And I just got. I got to a place. uh, Where I could hardly function. Somebody would call me. And want to sit down and talk to me. And I'd go sit down and do it. And they'd take all my time up. And it was time for me to go preach again. And I wasn't ready. And then it was somebody else wanted me to pray with them. And somebody else wanted me to do this. And somebody else wanted me to do that. Are y'all with me now? And the Lord finally helped me to see. I didn't tell you to do that. And yet that is an accepted thing. Among Christians and churches. 
that the pastors, the ministers, the leaders ought to be available 24-7 to do whatever anybody would ask. And ministers are just as bad as anybody else. I've had ministers since I've been here. They wanted me to go to lunch with them. And I said, thank you, but I'm, uh, you know, just not, not available for that right now. And they got upset with me. Why didn't you come to lunch with me? Who do you think you are? <laughs> Why don't you come down to the front and wait after the service like some other preachers do and let anybody that wants to come and talk to you, talk to you? I got another question. Why should I? Well, that's because the way we did it, well, who said that was right? That's the way so-and-so does it. Well, if the Lord told him to, wonderful. But for one thing, we got thousands of people. You are not going to talk to all of them at one time. So are you going to be a respecter of persons? You're going to pick and choose? You're going to play favorites? How are you going to do it? I've had numerous people want to get with you before the service. Well, that means they don't respect the office, doesn't it? They don't respect. And I don't know if you understand these things or not, but if you give it what you got, by the time you get through, I don't want to chat. And I I did this for years now before I made some changes again and again and again and again and again and again and again when I got with people after the service, the Lord gave them the answer during the service. And they didn't listen to it. And they want me to tell them again personally. In other words, well, who do you think you are? You think you're too good to get with me? Now, let's just stop right here. If you're judging somebody, what does that mean? You are guilty of the same thing. What does that mean? The answer is, who do you think you are? (laughs) That they should drop everything and run to you and do what you want done. Can you see this or not, guys? This is rampant. This is rampant. People don't see it. They, uh, they. Well, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Would you do this? And just get upset. Well, who do they think they are? What? Well, who do you think you are? Why do you think the music's supposed to stop and everything? And see, they don't have a clue what you were doing. They don't have a clue what you were doing, what you've got to do yet, what's going on. They don't know. Most people don't have the foggiest idea what it takes to do this job right. Not the foggiest idea. It's a lack of respect. Why should you get offended? Why should you think that I owe it to you to restate what the Spirit of God already said through me and hold your hand and baby you when I stayed up to 4 o'clock this morning praying about this I gave it everything I got I'd like to sit down and rest for a minute rest my mind 
See, if you loved me and respected me, you'd care about that. And see, I have an obligation, and every minister, every man and woman of God does, and not just ministers, people in authority, of all types of authority, have a, an obligation before the Lord to respect the office. If you're not going to respect it, I must respect it anyway, in spite of you trying to disrespect it. I know a few years ago, the Lord corrected me. It surprised me. I was hanging around after a service. And a guy over on the side said, preacher, come here. I trotted over there and listened to him and talked to him for a goodly amount of time. It wasn't right. And as I walked away, the Lord said, don't do that again. I thought, what? He said, you helped him to think what he did was all right. Because you responded that way, you helped him to perpetuate his dishonor. He didn't just dishonor you. He dishonored the office. He dishonored the call. He dishonored the anointing. He said, you must respect it if they don't. I thought, Lord, I repent. I had to meditate on it and think about it because I hadn't seen it that way. How many understand there is a lack of this in the body of Christ? There's people, particularly in the smaller churches. Oh, man. There is people get so upset if the preacher don't jump when they call. Well, that's what we pay you for. (laughs) And, And why am I saying this, friends? Because that translates directly to less anointing, less presence of God in the service and in your home. Go with me to uh, Mark, the sixth chapter. While you're turning there, let me read a couple of verses to you on the way. The scripture says, 1 Timothy 4.12, talking to the youth, let no man despise thy youth, but be an example. Also, in Titus 2.15, the latter part, let no man despise you. Say that out loud. Let no man despise you. Now, he's writing as a minister to ministers. These letters to Timothy and Titus are letters to ministers. But it applies to all of us. He said it to the youth. How can you, as a young person, not let people despise your youth? If they want to despise, what does despise mean? Make light of. Ah, they're just young. They don't know anything. (laughs) That irritates youth. What does it mean? As a minister, man of God, they don't respect you. They don't make anything of you. Let no man despise you. How do you do that? Understand this. You can't make people respect you. You can't. You hear talk among gang members and among people on the street. You don't diss me. I don't put up with anybody disrespecting me. You are going to respect me. And they put a gun in their face. No, they're afraid of you. Don't mean they respect you at all. The more you do it, the less they respect you. 
You can't force somebody to respect you. But what you can do is not allow them to make you disrespect yourself. Not accept their disrespect of you. They want to treat you like you're unimportant. They want to treat you like they treat themselves. They don't think they're worth much and you ain't no better than me. So you ain't worth much. We all ain't worth much. So just act like it. And you have to say in your own heart and mind, no, I am worth something. And the call of God on my life and the anointing in my life is really worth something. And you're worth something. You don't even, just don't know it. But I am not going to accept your small estimation of me. Oh, come on now. I'm going to retain this high estimation. Romans says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. It didn't say don't think highly of yourself. It said don't think more highly than what's real and what's what you ought to. Are you worth anything? You are the apple of his eye. He paid the greatest price in all time and eternity for you and for me. God's not dumb. He doesn't pay a billion dollars for a two dollar item. Next time the devil tries to tell you you're not worth much, ask him why Jesus paid so much for you then. You are extremely valuable. The Bible talks about the price or the value of a soul, said it ceases forever. That's how valuable one human soul is. But the things of God in your life, you should esteem. So valuable, so precious. If somebody doesn't want to respect our grounds around here, they want to come around and put their animals in here. They want to take their four-wheelers and cut donuts and our flowers. and They want to do stuff out here. Well, if they ain't got enough sense to show our place some respect, we're going to help them. We're not just going to sit back and go, oh, yeah, ground is ground. You know, just a building, sure. You want to spill coke on the floor? It's just a building. No, just because they don't have enough sense to value it doesn't mean we're going to accept their estimation of it. We're going to retain our estimation of it. And you got to do that with yourself because this is not really the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the temple. We are the real temple of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Amen. Honor God. He'll honor you. How do you honor him? How do you value him? Esteem him? Respect him? It is shown directly. It is shown daily in our honor and respect for each other. Have you found Mark 6? Mark 6. Did you hear the phrase, I ain't much and you're no better than I am? Did you hear that phrase? Do you understand that's what's going on with millions? What's the solution to that? Well, who do you think you are? Acting so high and mighty. What's the undertone of that? 
I ain't much. And you ain't no better than me. We all ain't much. That's a lie. That's the devil. The solution is for them to come up in their own self-estimation. And begin to treat their self better. It is so sad the way people treat each other. I'm talking about Christians supposed to be. Husbands and wives, the way they treat each other. The way they talk to each other. It's pitiful. How many know the Bible said, wives, you're to reverence your husbands. Husbands, you're to honor your wife, First Peter says, as the weaker vessel. We're supposed to treat each other like priceless artifacts. He's supposed to be your king. She's supposed to be your queen. See, this is so foreign, people think it's amusing. Don't they? Oh, that's just Bessie. Oh, that's just Fred. That's just John. You know, he ain't much, but I love him. It's because, well, you ain't much either, but I love, I love, we ain't much, but here we are. Oh, boy. And then they want to pull everybody down to their level. Who are they think acting like they something? If I ain't much, you ain't no better than me. If I ain't much, you ain't much. Don't let people despise you. I said, don't let people despise you. You are something. And the things in you of God in your life are really something. Mark 6. Mark 6. This is one of the most obvious and one of the most pointed examples of what we're talking about. Mark 6 and 1. When he, Jesus, went out from thence, he came to his own country and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? And even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Can you hear the same thing here? Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And they were what? They were what? Offended at him. Listen to the uh, New Living Translation of that third verse. They scoffed. They said, he's just a carpenter. Somebody say just. He's just a man like I am. Who does he think he is? He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. His sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Let's just stop right here. Are they honoring God today? No. Did he honor them? You read the rest of this phrase. The Bible said Jesus could there do no mighty work. Were they honored with the manifestation of God's presence, of his power? Were they, did God honor them by healing miracles and signs and wonders? No. These outstanding things did not happen there. Why? Because they didn't honor him. They dishonored him. How did they dishonor him? By dishonoring Jesus, 
who was representing him. He's operating as a man. Just a carpenter. Man, you got to watch out. Now notice, did you see? They were what? They were offended. When you hear people bitter and offended, talking about others, well, who do they think they are? I called them. Why didn't they jump? Well, here's another question. (laughs) Who do you think you are? (laughs) Everything's supposed to stop when you call. I asked them to do this. I asked, well, why? Why did you think you deserved it? Why? Well, that's what churches are supposed to do. According to you. Oh, boy. (laughs) We're having fun now. Listen, friend, anytime you get to the place where you think, not just church and preachers, you get to the place where you feel strongly that somebody is supposed to do something for you, you're wrong. I said, you're wrong. Why do you think they owe you time, consideration, things? Why? Why do they owe you? Well, because I was there for them. So then you didn't give that to them. I was there for them. I did this for them. I did. So it wasn't a gift then. You won't pay back. Are you saying you never gave them anything? It was a loan. And you want your pay. No, if you really did what you did for somebody as a free gift, if you gave it to them with no strings, then they owe you nothing. They don't owe you a howdy do. (laughs) They don't owe you the time of day. Come on, help me out now, guys. Help me out. Say it out loud. They owe me me nothing. Nothing. If you really believe that and you really feel that way, then you're not going to get offended every other day because of what they didn't do, what they didn't say, what they didn't give, what they didn't respond. How many understand people all over the place are staying bent out of shape half the time about something somebody didn't do for them? It's ungodly. It's unchristian. It's unfaith. It's unlove. If your heart's right, And your mind's right. You don't feel like that. You don't think like that. And if somebody does do something for you, you appreciate it. You're thankful for it because you didn't feel like they owed it to you anyway. Listen to this phrase. The Lord said this to me one time. I wrote it down years ago. He said, you cannot be gracious to someone who feels they deserve it. You can't be gracious To someone who feels they deserve it. Now all the blessings of God. All of them. Are available to us. By grace. What does that mean? That means they are not owed to you. By anything you have or will ever do. It's God being gracious to you. And the moment you get into this. You feel like he owes it to you. You're in trouble. I said you're in trouble. These people go. I've been a good Christian. I've served the Lord all my life. I've done this. He ought to do this for me. Uh oh. You are in trouble. You're in a bad way. You're not able to receive. 
Because you're trying to tell him he's supposed to do it for you. He owes it to you. Why? And when you do that with other people, it's the same thing. They said, he's just a carpenter. He's Mary's boy. We know his kin folks. The Message Bible. He's just a carpenter. Mary's boy. We've known him since he was a kid. We know his brothers James, Justice, Jude, Simon, and his sisters. Who does he think he is? If they said it about Jesus, don't be surprised if they say it about you. If you have confidence, if you find out who you are in Christ, if you begin to respect the callings on your own life, there are going to be people around you that are going to say, who do they think they are? What are they really saying? I ain't much. And you ain't no better than me. And the Bible told you, don't let them despise you. Don't receive their little pitiful small estimation of you and themselves. Instead of letting them pull you down, what are we going to do? Say, come on up with me. Huh? Don't sit down there and mock me and be offended at me. Come on up. Come on up. Realize who you are. Realize what you've got. And here's a principle for you. You honor what God has done in other people's lives. It qualifies you for him to do the same kind of thing in your life. You get offended. You mock it. You make fun of it. You disqualify yourself. You cut yourself off from it. Oh, friends, can we see this today? Stand up on your feet. What are we talking about this morning? Honoring God. Do we want to honor God more? Are we hungry for it? How do we honor God? We show honor for God in showing honor for people. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices in your hands. Let's begin to exercise it. Father, we honor you. We respect you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We magnify you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.